How much of the world is going to die in the seven-year tribulation of the end times? With all the calamities we've seen over the past few years, could we be in the end times already? And is Marilyn Manson the Antichrist? You'll find out today on the Cross References Podcast. Welcome to the Cross References Podcast, where you learn how every small piece of the Bible tells one big story, and most importantly, how they all connect to the cross and Christ. Whether you're a newbie Christian or a veteran Bible reader, our goal is that God's Word will make more sense to you after every episode. This is Luke Taylor. I'm a pastor, and let me go on the record right now that I think Thanos was wrong. Thanos is a villain in the popular Marvel Avengers series of movies. He was a bad guy in the movies that they spent several films building up, Starting in 2012, he had just a short scene in the first Avengers movie. And then finally, he took the center stage as the main character of the 2018 movie, Avengers Infinity War. And Thanos was one of the most expertly crafted villains in movie history. I'm not just talking about superhero movies. I'm I'm talking about movies, period. He had a thought-out, coherent philosophy. He had understandable motivations. He had logical reasoning. He had relatable motivations. And he had good intentions. Now, he was a cold-blooded military leader, but he carried out his mission with the greater good in mind. And so the movie went a long way toward making him a sympathetic bad guy. Perhaps a little bit too far, because after the film came out, there was a trending hashtag. It was called Thanos Was Right. He had convinced enough moviegoers of his philosophy that the fan base for these films, there was an ardent wing who defended Thanos as the true hero, not the villain that he actually was. So why did people defend Thanos? What was his plan that so many people could get on board with? Well, Thanos believed that we had an overpopulation problem. He believed that there were not enough resources to sustain life as it currently was. He had come from another planet that was, it literally went extinct because everybody there had used up the planet's resources to the extent that life could not survive. So they didn't listen to his warnings. They laughed at his plan to destroy half the population. And then the whole planet died out. Somehow Thanos survived, and I'm not the one who needs to hear this, but watching his entire planet die out, it made Thanos a bit psychotic, to the point that he decided every planet needs to lose half of its population to sustain the future of their races. And so this is what the Avengers were trying to stop him from doing, from wiping out half of all life in the whole galaxy. Now, I won't spoil anything, but this this ends up being their greatest foe of the entire franchise. But Thanos was not right. Thanos gets his name from the Greek word Thanatos. It means death. So Thanos could not be more appropriately named. His entire goal was death on a massive scale in hopes of preserving the species who survived. Now in the verses we're going to look at today, death, literally Thanatos, is going to be mentioned. But it's not talking about the death of half of humanity. It's talking about the death of one-fourth. So today we're going to discuss the fourth and final member of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. The first four judgments released upon the earth in the book of Revelation. The first four judgments in a series of 21 judgments that are called the Great Tribulation. And the first four are called the Four Horsemen. And you can go back and listen if you didn't hear the first three. The first horseman was the unveiling of the Antichrist and him taking over the world. That was a white horse. The second horseman, uh, it was a red horse. It was an outbreak of war. It'll probably be called World War III if it hadn't happened yet um, by then. 
And then the third horseman was a black horse, and that represented famine. And it was about how the economy and the supply chain, they'd be wrecked on a global scale. Suddenly, it'd be very difficult to come by food and necessities during those terrible years on the earth. The fourth horse has a color too, and it's not a typical horse color. So let's read Revelation 6, verses 7 and 8. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse. And its rider's name was Death, literally Thanatos. And Hades followed him. And they were given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill with the sword and with famine and with pestilence and by wild beasts of the earth. Now there's lots of elements, so let's let's start our breakdown and then we can discuss the implications of this prophecy. And I want to start with the phrase, pale horse. Now as you know, all the other horses, they had a color associated with them, but this one is called pale. So what's that all about? Well, this, is, this actually is a color if you read the original Greek. The Greek word here for pale is chloros, and that means green. It's where we get the prefix for chlorophyll, and that's the element that gives plants their green color. So this horse is green. But we also get this idea that the horse is sickly and disease-ridden, disease and that's why it's translated as pale. So this horse looks gross. You can tell it's sick by its color. Perhaps it looks a bit skeletal. Uh, it says that the horse and his rider, they're given authority to kill one-fourth of the earth. Now just think about that for a minute. I mean, this is still probably early on in the tribulation. My guess is that the first seven judgments of the tribulation, that they happen in the first three and a half years, and that the other 14 judgments, they're saved for the second three and a half years. And I have reasons for that that I won't get into today, but that's how I look at it. So I think this killing of one-fourth of the world population, I think it will happen in the first half of the tribulation. There will still be a lot of death in the second half, but this first half is no cakewalk. So let's discuss how many people this would be. Uh, actually, we'll discuss that at the end. Um, but we'll talk about how many people that, that could literally be. So what is killing all of these people? Well, it gives us a few things. It says sword, famine, pestilence, and wild beasts. So the sword would refer to warfare. As we said, World War III is broken out on the world. Uh, if you look at World War II, that was the deadliest conflict in history. And about 3% of the world's population died. Now the estimates range from 60 to 75 million people. In 1940, that would have been about 3% of the world population. World War III will be even deadlier. So that's a contributing factor to all this death. And, and I'd say there's a lot of anarchy going on in the world right now, because with so much large scale chaos and upheaval, people are probably going nuts. I mean, stores are gonna be looted like never before. I imagine big cities will be uninhabitable due to crime, uh, frankly, they already are, but uh, I think it, you know, you'll probably need to be near a city in the end times if you want any chance of finding food, because they're going to have all these supply chain problems going on. There's going to be terrible problems finding food. So um, you'll probably have to be near a city just to survive, but cities are going to be horrible, horrible places, I would imagine. And, and, and as we mentioned about food, it said famine is going to be a major source of death, people starving to death in large numbers. And if you look right now at the world, hunger as a source of death, like on a massive scale, it's been basically eradicated in the world today. The only time people starve to death in 2022, it's because a government has screwed something up. We have more than enough food in this world, plenty enough to keep everybody fed. Overpopulation is not a problem, despite what the globalist elites or Thanos would tell you. Only government screw-ups really cause starvation today. And yet the Bible says that in the future, 
there's going to be people starving to death on a mass scale. And then another cause of death will be pestilence. Now, this means plague or sickness. So think coronavirus, but it's actually bad enough that if you get it, you have a high chance of dying. I mean, COVID-19 had a 98% survival rate. It's probably even higher than that because, you know, many people got COVID-19, but they never got a test to, to prove it. Like I got a COVID test when I caught COVID at a church camp last year. Um, but then my family got COVID for me. Now we never bothered to go get them tested because we, we knew what it was, obviously. So anyway, the survival rate from COVID, it's probably even higher than 98%. And yet you saw how much the world panicked and freaked out over the virus. I'm not saying we should have just ignored it, but I mean, the world freaked out. People locked down, wrecked the economy. We had vaccine mandates. The government tried to force vaccinations on you or you would lose your job. So we had to mask up for months or years. It depended on where you lived. And we did all that over a virus that had a 98% survivability rate. So hear me clearly today. I'm just saying, you already saw how the world reacted to a virus like that. Just wait till the pandemic of the fourth horseman. Now, whatever it is, and I'm sure they're going to have a scary name for it, okay? Probably a name even scarier than monkeypox. And whatever it is, it's going to be far deadlier than COVID was. It'll kill millions, maybe billions of people. And then one last comment it makes, it said that wild beasts will kill people. And I'm not sure what that means. Um, you know, is it, are we talking about lions? Tra they travel to cities and towns and just start ripping people apart? You know, I don't know. I thought, what if all the animals turn on us? You know, what if God literally turns all of animal kinds against us? And it could happen. I'm not sure. I mean, animals do kill people all the time, but not on a scale where it's this major problem. But the Bible says in the end times, it will be a problem or, or it could be preferring to viruses. Multiple books that I consulted this week, it threw out the idea that the word for wild beasts that's there in the Bible, it's therion, that could easily be applied to bacteria or microscopic problems. Now let's discuss some of the unique vocabulary around this horse and its rider. It said its rider's name was Death, and there's that word Thanatos, and Hades followed him. Hades is another word for hell. And, and let's split hairs here over the Greek vocabulary that they use for hell and the Hebrew vocabulary, because there's several words in the Bible's original languages that could all be translated as hell, and they have slightly different meanings in their original tongue. So one of them is Sheol, and that's a Hebrew word. It means death or the grave. But I think the best way to think of it is the underworld. Um, it's clearly implied to be underground, like literally under the earth. Now, I'm not going to speculate how much of that is literal or symbolic, but the idea is certainly there that Sheol is under the ground. And then in Greek, sometimes you see the word Gehenna used for hell. Gehenna means a place of never-ending burning and fire. Another word for hell is Hades, and it means the place that your soul goes whenever you die. It's a place of torment. And then you have Tartarus in 2 Peter 2. That's the deepest part of hell, the worst part of hell to be in. And then the lake of fire mentioned in Revelation. That's a whole other thing. Sometimes we call that hell, but Revelation says that hell is thrown into the lake of fire. So, I mean, we could go on and on with this. I, I'm thinking in a future episode... I'd kind of like to explore that subject a, a bit more, maybe do a whole episode on what all these different nuances of hell mean and, and why the Bible has all these different words for it. Um, so maybe look for that to come out sometime in the future, in the next few months. Today, I just want to focus on the words in Revelation 6 where it says death and Hades. Or your version, it might say, and his name that sat on him was death and hell followed with him. 
Now, what in the world could it mean that death sat on the horse and that hell followed with him? Well, here's the idea that it's trying to get across. It's referring to the fact that two bad things are going to happen to one-fourth of humanity in the early part of the tribulation. One-fourth of all the people are going to die. That means their physical body is going to perish, and then they will go to hell. Their life will end, that's death, and then they will go to hell, and that's Hades. That's really the main idea that this is communicating. Hell is hungry. It's trying to devour as many people as possible. And the devil is going to spend eternity in agony and burning torment, and he knows this. So in the meantime, he's trying to take as many people with him as possible. And God allows Satan to exist. And I think it's to provide mankind with a choice. I think that we can more consciously choose to follow God or to follow Satan if God allows Satan to be around. But but many, many people are deceived. They don't realize they have a choice to make. They don't realize that actually they've already made a choice, that we've all chosen sin, and so therefore hell is our destiny if we don't repent and turn to God. So here's what I think you and I need to keep our attention on. Not dwelling on how one-fourth of the population will, will die in the early part of the tribulation, but let's focus on how we can stop them from entering into the tribulation in the first place. We need to make sure that people know about their choice now. We need to warn people about hell and tell them about Jesus now. We can't control what they will ultimately do, but there is one thing that we can control, and that's how much information they have. And that's part of the calling that Jesus has given to each one of us. It's to make sure that people are informed. Now, many Christians don't like to talk about hell, even in evangelizing. They think it sounds too negative, that it does more harm than good, that it even sounds kind of hateful. But do you want to know who talked about hell more than anyone else in the Bible? It was actually Jesus. He talked about hell constantly. He wanted people to know. He wanted them to know the consequences of rejecting him. So Jesus was very open about hell. And it's not hateful or mean to talk about hell. I mean, unless you want to call Jesus hateful and mean. Uh, But I think, I'd say without being ashamed, that we should warn people about hell. So practically every time I give the gospel, I mention hell. And I don't usually dwell on the whole, like dwell the whole time on it. Uh, I just want to put it out there. I think we need to. I think that's, that's why I share the gospel. It's because of hell, because I want to depopulate hell. The world does not have a population problem, but hell does. Way, 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 way too many people are going there going to a place that Jesus died to save them from. So we don't need population control for planet Earth. We need population control for hell. We'll close down in a few minutes with a quick recap and some personal application of what we talked about today. If you have a question on any of this, uh, anything about this subject, Anything about any of the four horsemen? Anything else in Revelation? Anything you want to know about? Just leave us a comment, shoot us an email, crossreferencespodcast at gmail.com. And I'd be happy to take questions, recommendations, anything you would anything you want me to tackle in the future, just let us know right there. Next time on this podcast, we're going to be back in the book of Ezekiel, starting into chapter 10. And then for the episode after that, we are actually You know, we're done with the Four Horsemen study for now. I think what I'm going to do is plug in an Old Testament study in the episode after that. You know, as you've seen, we alternate between the Ezekiel studies, and then we sometimes do just random topics. And so I'm the kind of guy, I always finish what I start. So we are going to finish Ezekiel 
no matter how long it takes. I commit to that 100%. So those aren't going away. But whenever it comes to the random topics, um, on those, I just want to know what you want to hear. Uh, tell me what you want to hear. If you want more prophecy stuff, we could stick with it. If you like learning Old Testament stories and secrets, then we could go there. Um, if you want to learn some of the weird topics in the Bible, stuff on the Nephilim, the different types of angels, you know, I'm totally comfortable with getting weird. So send me your feedback to crossreferencespodcast at gmail.com. And we do have a mailbag item for today. This is from Nick Giant, and this is in regard to the Mark of the Beast. And that was a big discussion topic in our previous episode. So Nick left us a very interesting comment on this. And so Nick, I don't, I don't mean this to sound mean. It's a little bit out there. Um, it might have even been meant as a joke. And I might be responding seriously to something that was meant as a joke. And in which case I'd say it's a perfect parody because the thing is when it comes to trying to figure out what the mark of the beast is, some people have some very interesting and even wacky theories on that. So I want to read Nick's here and then I will respond to it. Um, so Nick Giant says, I calculated the mark of the beast after figuring out the exact equation used to equal 666, as Revelation 13, 18 says. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. This is Nick talking. Philadelphia is one of the seven churches of Revelation and is the same name of this nation's original capital. From the center of Philadelphia to the center of Canton, Ohio, is exactly 333 miles as the crow flies. Canton is where Marilyn Manson was born and is also the home of the Football Hall of Fame. From the center of Canton, Ohio to the center of Chicago is exactly 333 miles as the crow flies. This route from Philly to Canton to Chicago equals 666, the mark of the beast. Chicago is where Anton Levy published the Satanic Bible the same year Manson was born, 1969. Manson and Levy became friends after the first meeting at Anton's Black House in San Francisco in 1994. Two years later, Manson released his best-selling album, Antichrist Superstar. Manson also has 666 tattooed across his ribcage. I think that's where Nick stops. So, um, so Nick, those are some fascinating mathematical equations, and it ties together a lot of evil and satanic things. But I do have some bad news for you, Nick. Marilyn Manson can't be the Antichrist. And the reason is because he got me tooed. If <laughs> hashtag me too. If you got he got me tooed in February because several women came forward. And like even some famous actresses, and they they accuse Marilyn Manson of sexually exploiting and abusing them. So I would say his star now has fallen, and I think we were all, if I can speak for, you know, the entire cross references community, we were all a little shocked and disappointed that this devil worshiping, drug using, self mutilating, cross dressing rock star who named himself after a serial killer that that he would ever stoop so low as to mistreat a woman. I mean, I think we all expect better from our Antichrist candidates. I expect better. And I know there's this story of how he sexually assaulted a security guard in 2004, and he got sued and he was forced to pay out a settlement. But, you know, 2004, those were different times. Those were simpler times. Society was more accepting of sexually assaulting security guards back then. But no, no longer, not in 2022. We don't go for that anymore. So Marilyn Manson... You are out of the running for Antichrist, okay? You don't get to come back from a Me Too moment. I mean, unless you're a Democrat running for president, in which case you can disregard everything I'm saying. And, and so the comment that Nick left, it was probably meant humorously, but I just want to point out, if Marilyn Manson was the Antichrist, I mean, that would be a little bit too obvious, right? <laughs> I mean, the Antichrist is not going to come in wearing black makeup, dressed like a goth, 
Because the Antichrist comes in to impersonate and replace Christ. So he's not coming dressed up like a demon. And so I, I like the theories that take a, um, I like the theories a little more when they take a great historical figure or a political leader and they try to make the 666 math work for them. Like Ronald w Wilson Reagan, he had six letters in his first name, six in his middle name, six in his last name, so 666. Only problem with him is that he's dead. But um, he still probably has a better shot than Marilyn Manson. And by the way, Nick, thanks for making me do math. <laughs> you know, I've mentioned before how I hate math, but as we close today, uh, I'd like to do a little bit of math with you all, okay? It's a short program today, obviously, and, but there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, let's figure up some statistics before we go on how many people are going to die in the tribulation because very little of the world is going to be left by the end. Um, let's just spitball how much it would be if the tribulation started today. You know, we actually just passed a milestone this month here in June of 2022. Okay, well, you're probably listening to this in July, but I'm recording it in 2022. So I'm working far ahead because I've had some irregularity in my schedule lately. I expect to have some more irregularity coming soon. So I'm just, I'm using every waking moment to try to work ahead so that my podcast is not disrupted any more than, than is necessary. One irregularity I recently experienced was spending a week to volunteer at a church camp. And while I was there, I got this kind of interesting notification on some like news app on my phone that we hit a milestone for planet Earth this month. Our population is believed to have reached 8 billion people. Now, you can't really pinpoint an exact moment because it's hard to calculate something like that specifically. But the best this, the statisticians can do, they estimate that we hit that milestone sometime during the month of June. And I can still remember back to when I was a kid and there were only 6 billion people on Earth. And I'm not even that old. So it's really starting to rise. A hundred years ago, we didn't have 2 billion people on the planet. And now we have 8 billion. So just think of how much it's risen the past century. So let's use these numbers. Let's plug them into the tribulation like if it were to happen today. Let's start with the rapture, okay? If you Google how much of the world is Christian, Google will tell you it's literally one-third of the world. I mean, I, I roll my eyes at that. <laughs> um, they try to say it's about 31% of the world. I don't think it's nearly that close. I would say if we even predict 10%. I still think that's being pretty generous. But I've heard Christian scholars, a lot of times they, they, they think that the number of truly saved people is probably around 10% of the world. They call it a tithe. They say the world is going to give 10% back to God. So, I mean, I'm a little bit skeptical if it's even that high, but let's just go with that. So let's say the rapture happens and the world population, okay, if it happened today, it would shrink by 10%. That would shrink it to 7.2 billion because we take 800 million people out. Okay, so of the 7.2 billion who go into the tribulation, it says one-fourth will die by the time of the fourth horseman. So that's, um, so that's 1.8 billion people, at a minimum, I'd say. So that means, at this point, there's 5.4 billion people left on the planet. Okay, and there's lots of other judgments coming along. Revelation 9 tells us about another judgment, which, by the way, it also involves riders on horses. There's these demonic horses that are unleashed on the world, and Revelation 9 says that they kill people with poison. Revelation 9, 17 and 18. It says, And this is how I saw the horses in my vision and those who rode them. They wore breastplates of color of fire and of sapphire and of sulfur. And the heads of the horses were like lions' heads. And fire and smoke of, and sulfur came out of their mouths. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed. By the fire and smoke and sulfur coming out of their mouths. So right there, probably about halfway through all of the judgments of Revelation, another one-third 
is dead. So of the previous number, of the previous number of people who were left, you wipe out another third. So with our math, that would mean there's 3.6 billion people left. Of all the people in the world today, more than half of them would be gone by this point in the tribulation. Okay? Either raptured or dead. And there's still lots of more judgments to go after that. Okay, at least seven. Not only that, there are massive earthquakes during the tribulation that are so bad, it says every mountain is moved, uh, every island is moved. So you know buildings are falling and people are dying in those earthquakes, and we aren't even given the death toll on that. I mean, so it might not be three billion people left by that point. It says in Zechariah that the Antichrist himself is going to kill two-thirds of the Jews that are left. And, and two-thirds of all mankind, at least that much, will die by God's judgments during the tribulation. And as we learned in the previous lesson on Ezekiel, God is not always going to punish those who get saved in the tribulation. But if you aren't saved, quite frankly, it's open season on you. Anything goes. And as Revelation 6, 8 says, and hell followed with it. So as we close down on the four horsemen, I just want to answer a question that many in society have been pondering. As you know, we've seen a lot of upheaval over the past few years, especially here in America. We've seen a pandemic. Okay, in biblical terms, this falls under a plague or a pestilence. And many people questioned whether that had something to do with the end times. And not only that, we've seen war break out where we thought we would never have war again. And people questioned, is this the end times? We've had leaders come out who were adored and, and claimed to have all the answers. And people question whether they are potential antichrists. And inflation is skyrocketing right now. And so a lot of things we've been talking about regarding the four horsemen, they're issues that we're dealing with right now in the present time. And this causes people to question whether the end times have already began. And listen, these situations could always lead into an end time scenario, but we are not in the end times yet. Pandemics, inflation, war, corrupt leaders, these things that we're experiencing today, they are not the exact judgments that are prophesied in the book of Revelation. But what I think is going on is that God is giving us a foretaste of what the real tribulation will be like. And it's going to be much, much worse than a pandemic that has a 98% survival rate. It'll be much worse than 8 or 9% inflation. It'll be much worse than Vladimir Putin or Kim Jong-un or Justin Trudeau. It'll be much worse than Russia invading Ukraine. It'll even be worse than the Holocaust of World War II. We often hear a phrase, the best is yet to come. And I hate to say it, but the opposite is also true. The worst is yet to come. But if you don't like this stuff that we're dealing with right now, and you don't think you can handle something worse, I have an idea for you. Make sure that you are right with God because he is coming again very soon. Every time I fill up my Jeep with gas and I see the new record high amount that it cost me to do it, I pray the prayer that John prayed at the end of the book of Revelation. Even so, come Lord Jesus. But as bad as things are at the gas pump right now, the worst is yet to come. Thanks for listening to the Cross References Podcast. This has been Luke Taylor reminding you to depopulate hell.